Welcome to Rock Tell Hour, an hour's worth of rocking good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and a new guy named Quinn. Tim and Treg are two old guys that are a testament to the <laughs> fact that rock and roll keeps you young. Quinn, well, he's just a kid. <laughs> in each Rock Tell Hour... Comparatively. <laughs> yeah. My hairline says otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> In each Rock Tale Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all times and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rock Tale Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com. When you shop on Amazon, it would be cool if you would first click on the Amazon.com link on the Rock Tale Hour homepage or affiliates page, and Amazon will kick a few bucks back to the Rock Tale Hour to help fund the free podcast. One Amazon product that Rocktail Hour listeners might enjoy is Treg's legal thriller called Until Murder Do Us Part for only two ninety nine on Amazon. That's two dollars and ninety nine cents. And you know who wrote the copy for that? Sorry for the shameless plug. Who? <laughs> I'm the one who wrote the script for that. That's oh, what I'm I, I see. Okay, yeah. That's why the shameless plug. I'm I'm a little obtuse today. Well, is that your book? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Other cool things on Amazon include the Xbox One. And <laughs> today, today, Treg is going to tell us the story behind Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Thanks, Tim. Hey, we're thrilled to have Tim back with us again and, and Quinn. It's great. Good to be here. Hopefully, we'll get Quinn to do his uh, Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dead on. Uh, the White Stripes is one of my favorite modern bands. Uh, you know, listeners will know that I usually pick uh, classic rock, heavy with blues and, and a lot of Eric Clapton and Pink Floyd. I listen to a lot of new music on Rhapsody, and I'm finding that there is not a whole lot of great music that's brand new. There's some There's some good stuff that shines. But even in the 2000s, you know, for a guy who likes the raw blues, uh, bass-driven rock, I haven't found a ton of groups that match the stuff from the 60s. I still think that the best rock came from the 60s and the 70s. My favorite modern band is Duran Duran. <laughs> That's modern? <laughs> it is for me. Okay. <laughs> is that 1980s? Yep. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I was born in 91. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> <sighs> but go on. Yeah, go on. yeah. We digress. <laughs> Anyway, one of the, one of the one of my favorite bands during this modern era, during the 2000s, is the White Stripes, and Jack White in particular is an amazing a musician. He's a great guitar player. Uh, Jack White has has got a great uh, solo album out not too long ago. I think it's called Lazaretto. It's got some really interesting cuts on it. I mean, he he breaks new ground as opposed to a lot of bands that you know seem to be playing the same stuff that has been played for decades. Uh, he also played with a group uh, that was called the Raconteurs which put out some pretty funky music as well. And uh, recently also an, another group called The Dead Weather. That's right, yeah. Yeah, which is very interesting too, some good music. So he's he's all over the place and he is great. But the, the uh, band where he made his name is in the White Stripes. Seven Nation Army is on the album called Elephant. It was released in 2003. It sold 3 million copies in its first year, so it had wide, wide sales. The song reached number seven, in the UK singles chart, number 76 in the US Billboard Hot 100, and number one in the Billboard Alternative Songs chart. Wow. Rolling Stone placed this song as number one in its list of the 100 greatest guitar songs of all time, <laughs> and number 286 on our favorite list, the top 500 greatest songs of all time. 286. Yep, yep. 
I love I love how we we always justify everything we do with a <laughs> litany of meaningless lists. <laughs> Two eighty six out of five hundred. That's right. It's pretty good. And it re, it received a Grammy in two thousand four for best rock song. Mm. So that gives it some respectability. Not bad. Yeah. Awesome. Neither the labels in America or in the UK wanted to put this out as the first single, but they eventually relented and it became the White Stripes' first Hot 100 hit in the US and top 10 entry in Britain. Jack White is huge in England. Uh, we were talking before. I, I lived in England for a hot second and I, I remember running into a lot of people who love Jack White. Absolutely insane about him. And ironically, the killers too. Is that right? Yeah, but that's another story. That's right. He's from Salt Lake. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. The guy from Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he was living in Vegas he when was, they formed, right? Yeah. I don't have any. I idea. Think it, so. it was. It was He's Vegas. From Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah exactly. But we digress again. <laughs> right. So the White Stripes are are just a two person band. It's guitarist Jack White and his ex wife Meg White on drums. Jack White's original name is John Anthony Gillis, and what I found to be interesting is that. He took his wife's last name when they got married. He took Meg's last name when they got married rather than Meg taking his name. Hmm. So, and then they divorced and and uh and uh they still played together as the White Stripes for a period of years. Well, are they still a band? Uh I haven't heard that they've been a band for a little while. It's hmm. been a, it's been a few years since they put out an album, but maybe they still play together. You know, Jack's had these side projects that he's been working on, the solo album and, and these other two bands. So he's pretty busy. Well, It's pretty funny. You know, so how many people do you know that can't stand their ex-wife? And yet, yeah. you know, he's playing. He was playing every night with him. Can't even get my ex-girlfriend to text me back. <laughs> I can't stand my current wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a joke. I do. I like my wife. So their music features a, a melding of garage rock and blues influences and a raw simplicity of composition, arrangement, and performance. You know, it's just raw. It's uh, it's what I like best about music, and that it's just raw emotion, not overproduced. Jack White said that the whole idea of the band is that it was all about what not to do. Why be repetitive? Why have two guitar players? Why have a bass player playing the same thing a guitar is playing? Let's break this down as much as possible and have it still be rock and roll and show what two people can do. You know what I find? Uh, there is another band that is really big right now that's just a two-piece. It's called Royal Blood. Have you guys heard of Royal Blood? Uh, check it out. It's just guitar and drums, and it's, they're phenomenal. Hmm. Good, hard-driving, heavy rock. Well, there you go. Yeah, good stuff. It's like the Stray Cats. <laughs> stray Cats who were more rockabilly. Well, sure, but I mean they were guitar, guitar, and a snare drum. Oh, okay. Simple. Yeah. That's what you mean. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Well, the album covers for the White Stripes and also their stage costumes reflected this minimalist feeling, too, with simple red, white, and black. And if you look at their album covers, it's very simple. Red, white, black, and their costumes, too. All of the album covers? I think so. Oh. Uh, Maybe not the last one, but the first few were. Yeah. So what you get is a stripped-down, not overproduced garage band sound. Seven Nation Army takes this format to its extreme with a pounding beat, a surging riff over a simulated bass guitar line. So they have a bass guitar. It's just simulated. So they pre-record it? Is that what you... No, play, they play it live. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how they get there in just a second. Oh, all right. Fair enough. I'm, I, that, look, I, I look felt forward. the same way Quinn did. I wondered if they recorded it. Well, that seems like you just want to have a guy play the guitar live. Yeah. It's cheaper. 
Well, the riff, which sounds a lot like a bass guitar, was created by Running Jack's semi-acoustic 1950s-style K hollow-body guitar through a Digitech whammy pedal set down an octave. Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> Big money, no whammies. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually composed the riff during a sound check for a show at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne. I, we've heard that story several times of, yeah. you know, just somebody messing happy around. Happy accidents. On the, yep, exactly. Yeah. But it, it's happy accidents by people that are well prepared. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the music begins with a melodic strut of a heavy, reverberating low-end bass line led by Meg's drumbeat. And Jack sings, I'm going to fight him off. A seven-nation army couldn't hold me back. And after some vocal embellishments from Jack, the song explodes. And then it's just this wall of noise. It's fantastic. Oh, I, this is really interesting, that the, the song, as well as the entire Elephant album, was recorded on 50-year-old analog equipment. No kidding. Yeah, at Toe Rag Studios in Hackney, east of London. It was, uh, it was established, I think, in 1991 as strictly an analog enterprise using only pre-1960 studio equipment. Wow. Yeah. So that's how you get that raw sound to yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. And the, one of the reasons that, that Jack decided to record there is that he is famously suspicious of a robot uprising. This is what he said. <laughs> He's afraid of the robots uprising. And the sleeve for Elephant proudly states, no computers were used during the writing, recording, mixing, or mastering of this record. <laughs> All right. Good fun. If you're rich enough, you can say that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but isn't it, it, it's pretty amazing to me that there's I find a lot of people that are returning to vinyl. There's a lot of people that are that are yeah. buying vinyl again and recording on vinyl. Most albums now come out uh, with uh, in a, within a giant vinyl case and vinyl with the CD and a digital version. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, there's certainly um, things that you traded to get a digital sound that you that you can't replicate uh, in a digital recording. The the depth of the music. Um, when it's cut on vinyl is incredible and you can mm. turn it down to very low volumes and still still get all of the instrumentation and and the nuances of the song without losing any of the depth yep yep and the warmth of it too you know the warmth right. of the sound and even the you know the occasional pop and stuff it for us old guys it takes us back to yeah, that's true. the way we first started listening to music you know, my my I, I had a stereo. It was just a little tiny record player, and used to put the vinyl on there and play it. And that was the way to go. Yep. back then. Yeah, first time I saw a vinyl, I thought it was a really big black iPod. And, <laughs> and, yeah, it confused me. Yeah. But yep, it's funny that uh, cassette tapes were just like this revolutionary technology when they first came out. It was it was really cool. Well, the song Seven Nation Army" is uh, it's a song about gossip. Oh, oh, before I even, before we talk about that, the phrase Seven Nation Army comes from Jack White's childhood name for the Salvation Army. Oh. thought that was kind of interesting bit of trivia. Well, why would he want to fight the Salvation Army? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> he likes homeless people. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. So the, he, he, Jack has said that the song is about gossip, and, and here's a quote that talks about it. He says, Seven Nation Army is about this character who is involved in the realm of gossip with his friends and family and is so enraged by it that he wants to leave town. It's about me, Meg, and the people we're dating. The world constantly tries to dissect people, chew them up, and spit them out. We get that all the time. 
So, you know, I'm sure that for a guy who is at the forefront of uh, in the public eye, you know, when he's got people looking at him and the world is so terribly interested in in his life and who he's dating and who his wife's dating and every little tidbit of gossip, it must drive those guys crazy. Yeah. And uh, and this is his rebellion to it. You know, I'm going to fight him off and all the people that are talking about us gossips. It's terrible. Interesting. I'll be damned. <laughs> you will if you're a gossip. That's right. It's true. <laughs> Seven Nation Army has become an anthem for football teams across Europe and other sports teams throughout the world. It was even became an anthem for the Arab Spring. Mm. Jack specifically said about this becoming an anthem, he said, I am honored that the Italians have adopted this song as their own. Nothing is more beautiful than when people embrace a melody and allow it to enter the pantheon of folk music. As a songwriter, it is something impossible to plan, especially in modern times. I love that most people who are chanting it have no idea where it came from. That's folk music. It's true. Yeah. It's interesting how how music takes on a meaning of its own, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, here he's talking about just fighting off the people that are gossiping about him and his ex-wife. And yet people have adopted it as this great fighting fight song, you know. Well, that's a theme in a lot of the songs that we've talked about um, in Born in the USA. Exactly. Turned into something completely opposite that Bruce Springsteen wanted it to be. And yet it's just taken a complete life of its own. Yep. And it's so much better than Lee Greenwood's song. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, this, you know, as simple as this song is, I just love it. And especially when it explodes, you know, after the beginning of it, it it's a great song. It's got such a bass line that's just yeah. recognizable instantly. We were talking about that bass line earlier, how it's – because I, I didn't know who the White Stripes were when we were first talking about it. But uh, uh, Tim started playing it on his phone and just that bass line, I'm like, oh, immediately I knew exactly uh, what he was talking about. And I can't believe that bass line, you know <sighs> – hadn't come about until the early 2000s, That's right? right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, of course, a genius, you know? Yeah, but exactly. it's so simple, but so it's simple. incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not really familiar with the White Stripes either, uh, and I don't know that I'd ever heard this song before, and, and I'm kind of a I'm kind of a set-in-my-ways kind of guy, and if it's not stuff I listened to when I was young, it's... I, I just don't... I just don't listen to it, usually, but um, I do like... Um, the White Stripes, now that I remember who they are, they, um, the song, they wrote a, a, a Bond song, uh, I think, for Quantum of Solace. And I thought that was a pretty amazing song. No kidding. And it was a good song. I was, I was pretty amazed. It's good stuff. Well, that's, that's Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Well, thanks, Treg. Well, you can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Please email us at dudesatrocktailhour.com if you think we got anything wrong. If you have an interesting rocktail of your own or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for the Rocktail Hour. If you think we're lame, well, we'd appreciate that if you just keep it to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. And until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. <laughs>